you can't see anything in it. And like it's supposed to be this really impressive moment and he's like crying out and that's supposed to look really ferocious to everybody. But in this, it's like, oh yeah, Dan Stevens as a CG beast, he's in this little mirror if you squint and kind of hold it sideways. Like, I, I don't know. There's something about like how unimpressive that mirror was when it's supposed to be this <laughs> magical enchanted item that like allows you to see anything you want. I hope that's the opening of this episode, that the unimpressive <laughs> mirror. Um... Bonjour. 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 There goes the baker with his tray like always. The same old bread and rolls to sell. Every morning just the same. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 443 with our review of Beauty and the Beast. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I am Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're gathering together. Steven is not with us. And we're going to be talking about another Disney live-action adaptation of a beloved property from all of our youth, Carson mm. Patrick. Yes. This is usually the part where the banter goes crazy, but instead I have a question for us to discuss <laughs> oh, just okay. to kind of get this ball rolling. Good. I mean, I have, a, I have a feeling I understand, or I, I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with this answer, but uh, okay. when, if ever, so I'm giving you an out, is it okay to remake a property um, since we're going to be talking about remaking old things? And oh. since this is like the week after we found out that there is like a Matrix property that is being rebooted slash restarted <laughs> since all that stuff. I don't, I can't remember. I think I've said this to you um, not on recordings, um, but like I'm I'm fine with them remaking, uh, you know, older properties. I'm just not fine when they just do it simply to recycle the brand. Like, yeah, to yeah. just to recycle the name. Like, the RoboCop remake and Total Recall remake are ones that come to mind. Uh, I'd say those are, like, some of the, for me, the biggest examples of that, where it's just, they're not really taking, they're not really taking the property and doing anything new with them. They're just kind of recycling so they can you know thinking that people will recognize the name and go see it like i and and then it ends up being that thing where the, you know the audience for it seems to be no one because it's like well people now like teenagers now or whatever don't recognize robocop but like the people who know robocop and grew up with it uh don't want to see it be remade and you know uh, and then there's all these like winking references to the to the original and stuff. And then it's like, you know, and the people who would get that would be the people who had seen it. And then it's like they don't really want to see that because you're you keep <laughs> referencing the movie that they find better. So it's like you, it's like this weird cycle. But I mean, yeah, it's basically when they're just taking the the name to, uh, you know, just using it for the name. And I think I can't remember. Um, oh, we were talking about. um we were talking about Dune, the movie uh, Dune, which they're going to remake with Denis uh, directing. And that was like, oh, like I'm like, that's a property. The David Lynch version is a movie that is pretty maligned. Like it's got some cool things in it, but it's 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 in need of a remake. That's for sure. Um, OK. 
Yeah, and 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 I think you know someone like Denis has a vision, and that would be pretty cool. And I mean, but even movies like RoboCop that I don't think need to be remade. Like I remember when that was supposed to be a Darren Aronofsky project with uh, with Fassi as RoboCop, and that to me was like, oh, I'll watch the shit out of that. Like <laughs> Darren Aronofsky, that that's a guy with a vision. Michael Fassbender, you know, like great. Well, fa- like, there's on- there's only one cybernetic. Uh, humanoid robot yeah. person that Fassie will play, and I think he's <laughs> he's booked up for the next century. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Uh, and he's dating the other uh, cybernetic robot, uh, Alicia Vikander. So it's just robot sex all day. That's hot. I don't know where I'm going with that? Super hot. <laughs> uh, uh, but do they dance? That's the real question. I don't know. Probably. Uh, but yeah. So like you know, if there if it's a movie that I'm. Oh, oh, perfect example of a movie that they just announced uh, recently that uh, is Halloween, like the original Halloween, one of the, you know, one of my favorite horror movies, and obviously it's hailed as a classic. Uh, They're taking another stab at that uh, with David Gordon. Pun intended. Yeah, pun intended, for sure. Uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are going to write it. And David Gordon Green's gonna direct it, and it's gonna be that. That to me is good. Like that, like that gets me excited because it's like, okay, you got two guys who are really into movies, and they they have like a very singular vision. And David Gordon Green's never done a horror movie before, so like that, like that to me is exciting. If it was just like Joe Blow guy that they got to to, to remake it, you know, I then I wouldn't be as excited because it would just be like. Eh, you know, so that was my long-winded answer. I mean, that's you know, <laughs> like I'm fine. Like I'm totally, you know, it's just like come at it with something new other than just let's recycle the name because you know it's a brand name and people know it, or or you know they think that people know it. Yeah, I think I think I'm out of our group. I think I generally get the most excited about uh, remakes in general. At least the remakes that we've been doing mostly reviews of in the past. Um, partially because sometimes I don't have a huge fondness for a film that a lot of other people have. Um, for instance, when uh, we <laughs> we reviewed the uh, what you call it? What's <laughs> my, I'm having a brain fart right now. What's the Mars movie? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, to- total Recall, yeah. yeah total Recall. Um, <laughs> Your like, recall I, I, was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my my, re- my recollection of yeah. uh, what film that was is, is escaping me. But like, I I was excited for that movie because you know I like Colin Farrell, like me some Brian Kent Cranston. Like, uh, you know, I, I I was totally fine with it. Plus, like right before the movie came out, I watched the original for the first time, and I I wasn't uh, as impressed as the rest of all mankind was um, with that original film. You know, and part of that is because I waited till I was like an old man before I watched it. Um, but yeah, in general, I think that you should be allowed to remake things whose uh, viability as a visual medium was like uh, hindered by the fact that they were made so long ago, right? Like a lot of these films where the technology was not that great. And I know that you you love a lot of the practical puppetry and stuff that you get in things like um, The Thing and uh, even yeah. the Total Recall stuff uh, with like Quato and all that good jazz. Um, yeah. I think that there are certain things that you really couldn't do uh, back in the day. At least you couldn't um, do it perfectly. And while there are like uh, puppeteers and stuff that made amazing things back in the day, <coughs> nobody will argue 
that CG Yoda is better than Puppet Yoda because Puppet Yoda is awesome. Um, but I think in general, there are things that like we want, like if, if they ever make the last Starfighter reboot, like I think that could be potentially pretty rad because it was super cheesy as fuck like back in the day. And as much as I love that property um, and I loved watching like this like faux Star Wars wannabe thing, I think that like you could handle it in a decent way. Um, when it comes to these Disney live action remakes, I think there's a, it's a lot harder to justify um, going through and making this property again, especially if you're going to do a shot for shot remake of it. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that like, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I at least get why Favreau wanted to do jung- jungle book, right? Like, like there is this idea that like our technology is getting to the point where we can make pretty much photorealistic or at least photorealistic enough animals and getting them to act in a real life way could be kind of really visually interesting. And, and I, I at least get the idea of wanting to do that. Beauty and the Beast um, is an example of, of a little bit weirder one, right? Where like you can do stuff in hand-drawn animation that is more uh, fancy or fanciful and, and more more exciting and, and energetic that like even in CG you can't necessarily pull off as much, um, which we can get into when we start talking about the film. But I think that what it comes down to is like remakes are fine. You should be able to justify it. But I think with animation, the weird thing is you could just re-release the film in theaters, right? Like I think if you showed a trailer for, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast, the, you know, like the animated version of Beauty and the Beast, you know, Pocahontas, um, like and any of like Mulan, like any any of these mm-hmm. Disney princess films, like Aladdin. I think if you in a theater had never seen Aladdin and you watched the trailer for Aladdin, you'd be like, fuck yeah, I want to watch this 2D animated movie. This is going to be rad, right? Like, I, I think that... Yeah. I think but you that, know you know what's also going to be rad, though? Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. <laughs> is, wait, is Guy Ritchie making Aladdin? He's doing the live-action Aladdin, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of excited. <laughs> I take everything back, guys. Give <laughs> Guy Ritchie all of the animated properties to do. I'm still excited for King Arthur. Oh, yeah, it looks like a hot mess. (laughs) An exciting, hot awesomeness. Um, But, yeah, so I I think that, like, it's just weird in a world where, like, you could totally release 2D animation films now and people, like, the kids would be just as excited. I don't think, I I could be wrong. I don't have children of my own. um, But I I feel like a child watching an anime, like, kids watch animated television programs all the time and they love them. Um, It's weird to me that you wouldn't just, like, do the classic Disney, like, we're releasing it from the vault and bringing it back to the big screen. Um, yeah. you know, re- remaster it, do whatever you have to do. But I feel like you could just re-release this movie as is and everything would be fine. <laughs> there wouldn't be a problem. You could you could even take the audio from the first film and redraw it, but not change the performances or do any. Like, you know, there's a million things you could do when you have this property and you have the rights to it and it's yours. Like, it just, I don't, I don't know. I think... Yeah. Well, There's I mean, easy... I, they did that recently for a hot minute when they they re-released uh some of the the classic Disney animated movies in 3D. Like they Wait, did Lion did, King. Didn't, didn't they do it with Beauty and the Beast also? Yeah, they did, but it got like I want to say it wasn't it it came to like like a handful of theaters. It wasn't like a wide release thing. Yeah, but I, I even remember there there being stories about it where they where they they talked about how like the three D transfers like they actually had all the old separated like pre composite 
animations for all the characters. So they actually sort of mapped those hand-drawn yeah. cells to 3D objects to make the 3D really stand out. Um, but yeah, I mean, either either way. Um, yeah, I mean, that, but I remember them doing that, and I feel like uh, I guess it just wasn't as successful as... As people, I don't know, because I think I guess once Maleficent came out and was a huge hit, they realized, okay, um, people want to see the live action stuff. Because I think Maleficent was the first of this this wave of of the live action redos. But at um, least like Maleficent was like its own telling of the story, right? Yeah, they tried to do something different with that and failed. But yeah, I, I mean, think I, I I think that was still like as much as it wasn't the greatest film in the world. I, I I think it really did something interesting with the property. Not that I had a huge allegiance once again to the original property, but I think that yeah. it, did, it, it was trying to go out of its way to be a little bit interesting and a little bit different. And I think while the film may, may not have succeeded as a whole, it definitely succeeded at that goal, which is the good. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I think we're ready to have like another 2d animated movie, like hand-drawn animation come back. Like I, I remember, uh, Travis Knight who runs Leica said like they wanted to potentially do a, a hand-drawn animated movie at one point. And I think like, I think people would go for it. Like, um, I mean, I, I think, you know, like CG animation is as, as good as it, you know, it keeps getting better and better, but like. I think there's there's kind of like, you know, just like the nostalgia for remaking all these Disney classics. There's I feel like there's some nostalgia there to to see like a hand-drawn 2D animated movie again. Yeah. Um and you know, well, we can talk about the uh the, the CGI <laughs> later, but I mean, I like with the Jungle Book, I mean, we all know how I felt about that movie, but I think that like like how Favreau's doing the Lion King, but it's like, how do you make that live action? It's like, there's no humans in it. Like, it's just going to be Jungle Book again, basically. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like, he's, he's basically like, we spent all this money on this animal tech. Why don't we just go ahead and do the next animal movie? Yeah, I mean, that's what it felt like, is that Jungle Book was such a huge, huge success that Disney was like, all right, fuck it. Let's give him Lion King. It's got animals. Just we do it again. Have, we already made wolves. They're, they're not far <laughs> off from hyenas. Yeah. I mean, unless they insert human characters into the movie, like I'm it's basically just going to be a CG animated movie. It's going to be Avatar or something, you know, like it's going to be like that. This is our land. That'll be uh, that's one that I mean, Lion King, I think when I was growing up, that was probably my favorite of the animated Disney movies. One of my favorites. And I think that one especially is going to be one that's really difficult to to replicate like regardless of cg and everything like those songs and everything are so iconic like just in that movie in general like i i just i don't even think like that that's a remake where i'm like that seems untouchable uh and i love john favreau but you know he it just feels like i don't know that one is that one doesn't get me as hard as as Darren Aronofsky RoboCop, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I don't know. Yeah, well, you 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 may be you may be worried about the Lion King remake, Carson, but I have one one thing to say to you. Hakuna mm. Matata. That's that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think it means no worries. So 
I, I, I hope to have no worries, but I am worried a lot. Good. Well, <laughs> to uh, for, for fear of keeping people worried that we can keep talking about remakes in general, what do you say we jump into a review of Beauty and the Beast? Alrighty. All right, we are going to take a listen to the trailer for Beauty and the Beast, then we're going to come back and give you guys a full review. My dear Belle, you're so ahead of your time. This is a small village. You are the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. Nobody deserves you. And it's small-minded as well. But small also means safe. remains a beast forever. And we become antiques. What did you do to it? Nothing. Get out of here! Go! You must finally learn to love. Have you really read every one of these books? <gasps> Some of them are in Greek. True as it can be. So that was the trailer for Beauty and the Beast. It is becoming quite literally a tale as old as time. Um, it is a story of a uh, a prince who, uh, you know, turned away a weird, haggardy old woman and had curse, <laughs> a curse was put on him. And to prove that beauty is on the inside, she made him a hideous beast. And he has this little flower that wilts away. And as long as he can find love and get a kiss from some person who truly loves him as all disney stories go uh, before the last petal falls it will break the spell it would break the spell um <laughs> and uh, he will be kind to she is the one <laughs> uh, so um yeah, yeah but basically he's got to try to make uh hermione granger fall in love with him before the last petal falls and uh you know he's a hideous beast and she's like a nice fair lady um but uh yeah but don't call her a princess not yeah, a princess don't call her in princess. this one yeah no nope. she's she's, a, she's a strong independent woman well i mean spoilers <laughs> she may become a princess by the end. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, really? Uh, <laughs> don't don't deny this. But yes, Carson Patrick, what did you think of Beauty and the Beast? Look, I have no allegiance to the animated Beauty and the Beast whatsoever. I mean, I remember watching it as a kid. I remember liking it. I remember even watching all the like direct to VHS sequels that they did. Uh, I remember, I remember the music. I think, I think everyone has somewhat of a fond memory of Beauty and the Beast because of the songs in it. Like, oh yeah, for sure. People know the songs just like pretty much every Disney movie that, that came out back in the day. Um, the songs were always on point. I mean, you can just, you can just name them at the drop of a hat. Um, so I went into this this remake expecting, okay, well, here's the next one. Like, I, obviously, I didn't like Maleficent. I didn't like Jungle Book. I liked, I really liked Cinderella, the the live action one that they did for that. This, Which I never actually ended up seeing. Yeah, that one, that one was good because it felt like a very classical retelling of the, um, like it, I, it wasn't exactly necessary, but it could have been it could have been way worse and i think that the end result of that was was pleasantly surprising and in this it's just like oh man you know beauty and the beast it's like you've got all these it's kind of like a lion king in the sense that like you've got all these characters that really play (laughs) well (laughs) it's kind of like a lion king and that like the main character is kind of like a lion well not only that but like you know you've got all these characters that that pretty much work only in a cartoon sense. I mean, you know, like Lumiere and Cogsworth, like you've got these anthropomorphic furniture pieces and shit. And like, yeah. to me... I really me, like the part where Belle is trying to leave the castle and Cogsworth is like, you shall not pass! <laughs> I'm getting, Cause, getting. Because he's Gandalf for I'm people getting, who are yes. listening. I think, people, I think people got that one. <laughs> um, well, I mean, some people might be listening to this who haven't watched the film yet so i, I just want true. them to know that, that was a good joke yes um so anyway i went into this expecting the worst like i legit thought i was gonna be bored out of my mind this was gonna be a chore to watch um but i'm gonna tell you i'm i eat my i'll eat my hat man this is an entertaining movie uh this is i it? <laughs> i think it's a legit entertaining movie uh, I think it's I think it's hilarious unintentionally and intentionally. Um, I, this movie is basically just one giant party. Like it's the best party you've ever been to, and uh, everyone's <laughs> invited, and it's this giant celebration. It's like to call Car- Carson. It, do you live in L.A.? I feel like there's better parties you could have been to in your life. I. Uh, I think that this is, uh, I think for a cinematic equivalent of, uh, of, <laughs> Sarah called it the cinematic equivalent of the West Hollywood Halloween, uh, party, but, uh, I haven't been to that. I'm not as, I'm not that cool. Um, but, uh, I feel like calling this an extravaganza is an understatement. Like it really is. It's a celebration. Uh, it's it's a it's a gay extravaganza, as Ian McKellen referred to it. Um, <laughs> did, did, did he? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's the the perfect way to describe. It. I think this is. 
I think this is Bill Condon's most unhinged movie since Candyman 2. Like, the opening in this movie is incredible. Like, it is... the It's like a madcap horror movie. And I wish the whole... I And then, like, the, the rest of the movie is just... It really sets the tone and the style. And the rest of the movie is just... I was like, are they going to keep this up? And they just keep going for it. It's always at an 11, which can be exhausting sometimes. But I feel like in this case... It works that they just keep they keep powering through and there's a lot of like really there's a lot of a lot of energy and and joyous energy in this movie I think like uh, the the fact that they they have this ridiculous opening scene like I said that plays out like this 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 over the top horror movie and then it just goes right into that that opening song the where she's singing in the town which I can't remember the the name to but you know yeah the punch Bonjour. 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 And the baker, <laughs> the baker with the tray, like always. Um, <laughs> How is your wife? <laughs> and it's like, like this, I was like, like, this is a, like, this is an expensive movie. Like they really put the money on the screen here. And like the, the, the production value is on point. Like the, everything about it just looks rich. I, I, I want to say one thing about about production value, which I do not understand. What the fuck the design decision was that? It's like in in the original, she like her big thing is she escapes her little like her little town by yeah. reading books, right? In this, she, the the library is actually just the chapel, and they have one fucking shelf of books, like. <laughs> they, they spent all this money on huge giant sets and they couldn't buy like 500 fake books to put on a shelf somewhere like to at least make it look like there's a whole chest like a drawer full of books like it was insane where she's like do you have anything new for me it's like oh no i do not but you can take one of the old books <laughs> I, I just it's a it, small town dude what do you want <laughs> maybe but like i i feel like when you can get more eggs than books in your town she couldn't have spent that much time reading those few few books well i think the the money is well spent either way i wasn't uh counting those books like you were but uh i i i think overall the main the main point is that like it's a very highly energized movie like i think that it kind of reminds me of like the Baz Luhrmann movies. Like, I feel like this would be like a really good pairing with, with Romeo and Juliet, with his Romeo and Juliet. Like, I think they're like very like highly energized, stylish remakes of old properties with really great openings. Um, I just want to reiterate that. Also, um, I think it's well cast. I think that, uh, I thought Luke Evans walked away with this movie. I think he's Gaston personified. Oh, I, 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 I will, I will give you that. Like the best thing about this movie, which is a hard sentence to say in general when you're talking about Luke Evans, but like he is literally Gaston made yeah. manifest on he, this earth. Like <laughs> he looks exactly <laughs> like the the cartoon. No, like walked like, off the page. Exactly, like yeah. um, uncannily like yeah. Gaston. And he's got some pipes on him too. Like I, I was, yeah. I was very impressed. Like I was like, you know what, this just made up for, you know, 
<laughs> your 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 Zeus character, your musketeer <laughs> character, uh, your character in the uh, Fast and the Furious movies. I mean, he's been in a lot of mediocre shit. Uh, I think he's finally starting to come around with uh, this and High Rise last year. I think he's he's finally getting into the some better projects at least or better roles. Um, but, uh, I, I think, I don't know, like the, the word I kept thinking of when watching this movie was madcap. Like, it's just a very madcap movie. Everything just feels in your face. It's, it's, it's tacky. It's gaudy. It's stupid. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's everything. It's like I said, it's just this big party. Um, I mean, like, is it a flawless movie? No, I think the... I think the CGI in it is is so bad that it becomes tolerable again. Like it comes back around. <laughs> like it was so ugly to look at that it became funny. Like and but in like in, at least in the context of this movie, it was almost like okay, I can I can go with this. Like this is this movie is just so silly and over the top. Um and I think at least for the you know the like the characters like the like for Lumiere and Cogsworth and all those characters like at least they attempted like a design for it. Like they they tried to do like the whole like 17th century French baroque style and like yes it looked really weird that <laughs> just but like something about anytime anytime this weird ass Cogsworth came hopping down the stairs uh, something about it was very humorous to me. And like the like uh Mrs. Potts and Chip in this movie, they look they look scary as hell. Like they're they're weird, dude. Like the just how they <laughs> had the eyes on there, like that was some that was some creepy shit. Like I don't know if they intended it to be that way, but it it looked really creepy. Um and come on, dude, how can you not like uh Mexican Lumiere, uh Ewan McGregor <laughs> Doing the the Mexican French accent, I guess. Wait, was that <laughs> who knew? Was that Hugh and McGregor? Yes. <laughs> who did you uh, think it was when he showed up at the end? When he came back into human form, that was Ewan. I don't even remember seeing. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, I, I I remember all the people, but they're all in the weird makeup, and I was so checked out. By that point. They've got some. They've got some hardcore dudes. The Tooch had a hardcore wig for sure. Well, I mean, the Tooch is basically just wearing his costume from. Uh, <laughs> Hunger Games. <laughs> it was like, there she is, Belle, the girl on fire. Oh, I'm a piano now. Yeah, he was uh He was pretty fun. I think you you and McGregor and Ian McKellen had the most uh they had the most lines. And then like when they when they reverted back to humans at the end, I feel like they had the most um uh, screen time. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, I don't know, dude. I'm saying it's. Uh, I like I said. I I thought I was gonna hate it for sure, but uh, it's it was way better than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I at the very least, what I can say besides agreeing that uh, Luke Evans is as fantastic as Gaston, uh, I'll I'll just say that uh, my favorite thing about this film is the fact that you actually liked it because. Um, <laughs> I I think this movie is a goddamn travesty. Uh-oh. Um like uh, like so um 
I, I saw it in a pretty packed theater, in a shitty theater, which I can't even really name because it's just named after the tiny little town island that I live on. Um, it was just like the Alameda, the Alameda Theater and Complex, um, which, which <laughs> you, mean you can't You mean you didn't even... go see this at the Alamo Drinkhouse? Um, no, because I was uh, back, I w- was not in the city and I wasn't going to drive all the way to the city for Beauty and the Beast. Uh, um, you see, I had a really, I had a really great image of of you going to see this alone at the Alamo Draft House and just drinking yourself silly. I mean, that may have been the best way to see it because so what happened for me is I went to this tiny-ass theater and uh, not only were there people picketing outside going, this theater ain't union! Um, but uh, <laughs> And I just told them, if it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I went in there Zing. and, and uh, you know, like, I got there around four, as I do for a four thirty uh, screen time, and uh, they didn't actually start letting us into the theater till four twenty, and uh, basically everybody who wanted to see the movie was standing in like a thirty foot by twenty foot lobby waiting for them to let us into the theater. And it's like okay, this is bullshit because you know whatever. Um, but essentially, I got a not too bad of a seat, but the entire theater was packed, and there was a point where I kind of looked to my left and looked to my right. And was thinking about just leaving the movie. <laughs> but there were too many people for me to want to get up and awkwardly try to pass in front of them and their children. Um, uh, but yeah, I just, I I thought that this film... Um, this so, year's I mean, finest hours. <laughs> no, like, like, my big question is, I wonder who Casey Affleck is playing in this movie, because I fucking hate this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where was Casey Affleck? I think he was Plumet. I was like, I, I feel like he has to be in the movie somewhere because I just don't like it at all. Um, no, but in, 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 all, in all seriousness, like I, I was optimistic, you know, like while everybody was yelling bonjour to each other, my first thought was like, oh, it's weird. This is like a shot for shot remake of the original. Um, but beyond that, I was like, OK, this is cool. The song's got got a little bit of the energy. Everybody's doing their thing. It's not too bad so far. And I feel that like from from just basically from that opening number on um, the film really just the the songs that I quote unquote know and love in my head like you ever like listen to a podcast on uh, you know like one point five to two x speed for a while and then something happens and then you start listening at it at normal speed and everybody just sounds tired and drunk um, it felt like I had watched the original Beauty and Beast at two times speed and now I was watching the live action one at normal speed and it just the the energy didn't feel like it was there songs that I remember knowing and loving just seemed off a little bit and maybe it's maybe it's that it wasn't sung live like uh Les Mis was like even though I didn't really think Les Mis is that great I, I I think maybe there is something to singing it live and feeling like those actors are really like sinking everything they have into singing those those songs because like when everybody's sort of just like mouthing it and at certain times I feel like especially when there's a lot of people on screen some people just seemed off a tiny bit and it's like something about it there was like this artifice to everything that just lacked the energy that the original had. And it's it seems like you should be able – like, yes, animation can do things that a physical human being cannot. But for the most part, like seeing a real tangible person there doing something should give you an opportunity to feel um, a little bit more energetic and a little bit connected to the characters. But I feel like in Beauty and the Beast, like, you know, every time the cart that Mrs. Potts and Chip would ride in on, how it would just kind of like – it was like an RC cart that like went one direction. It sort of just jiggled. I felt like the whole move, like that cart is a metaphor for the movie as a whole. Like 
it's just sort of there on screen <coughs> jiggling back and forth and it like it, it's facilitating moving a character to the other side of the screen but that's really all it does and it's not a, a I, don't, I don't know something about it really bothered me and it's like i just i felt bored the whole time and, and maybe maybe that stems from having seen beauty and the beast so many times and it's kind of like when you return to a property that you know a long time ago and now you're watching it as an like i don't know there, there was some aspect to like it, this is a new version of a property and it feels like it's the original not holding up like you know if you visit something you remember loving as a kid and you're like wow i can't believe i like this like that's kind of how i felt like it was like i'm i don't know if it was i was viewing it from different eyes i was maybe i was just annoyed at like the parent whose kid went to the bathroom three times and had fucking la lights on his feet um (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry but if you're if you if you're listening and you're a parent and your kid has fucking light up shoes don't take them to a fucking movie like it's it's stupid (laughs) also what is this 1993 (laughs) fuck you seriously (laughs) i'm sure it's like sketchers lights or something now but um, I, I've seen that. That's uh, back when I used to sit up in the normal section. Uh, I, I've I've experienced many SketchUp lighter shoes a lot. Yes, they are they yeah. are pretty annoying when it's a dark theater and all of a sudden there's a bright flashing light coming from someone's shoe. Yeah. The second time that I saw episode seven in theaters on that same night, um, the kid behind me had light up shoes too but i forgave him because he was also dressed as yoda and it was a d-box theater and i had already seen the movie a few hours beforehand so Mm. like i was like you know what i'm not gonna get mad at the kid dressed as yoda in my second time seeing this movie tonight when i'm sitting in a seat that shakes (laughs) and moves like it's on a motion ride i was like i'm gonna forgive this one but in general don't take your kids with light up shoes to a theater and then let them walk around the theater well, they just got to go to those uh, jungle gym theaters now, bro. Oh, I, I, I saw, I <laughs> saw got, the post. They can on run around film. all they want. <laughs> that that angers me in some way. <laughs> I I thought it. Yeah, it was pretty. Dumb. I, I I know I know you and Sarah hate when people can order and eat food in uh, the middle of a theater. I can't imagine is, how you guys would accept jungle this gyms. Is, in your this theater. is like the next level of of tedium. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Whee! that would. <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't even voluntarily go to that. Like that—that's clearly like kids only. Uh, kids, you know, that you don't even care about going to see the movie. But also, it's like if you want your kids to run around and play in a jungle gym, it's like why don't you just take them to the park? Like why do you have to pay twenty dollars or whatever the I'm sure the expensive ticket price is to go see a movie? Yeah, I don't know. But um, maybe everyone below a certain height gets in free or something. I don't know. I, I think it's I can't remember the, the details on that, but, uh, you know, not to not to, you know, I don't know if this is drink worthy, but I did see this movie in Dolby Atmos and it was loud as <laughs> shit. Like I couldn't hear if there was a kid behind me, I couldn't hear him at all. Like this movie was I was in this movie, man. Like I was in it as fuck. <laughs> so I, yeah, if anyone was talking around me, I didn't hear anything. Um, so yeah, but, um, uh, but yeah, like I, I, um, I don't even know what I was going to say. Um, I liked, uh, I mean, I think, I think it's really just, oh, okay. Well, going back to the, the original Beauty and the Beast, like, um, 
I think my big fear going in was that the 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 animated one is like eighty minutes long, and this new one was like over two hours. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh shit! Like that's why I thought it was gonna be really boring. Um, but they did add in, and now here's where like I think the obviously like I said the songs are iconic, and I think the 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 you know the iconic iconicness of those songs really helped propel this movie it added that extra like oomph of like okay yes like we're seeing these songs play out in live action form which was kind of cool um yeah the movie is is basically shot for shot remake in terms of of what they kept in um but like i said like i just i mean i don't really have that much of a ties to it and also like i mean even if i did i don't know if that would change much but um the the songs that they the songs that they added in for this movie, the new songs, they like, don't get me wrong. They were great when I was watching them inside the movie, uh, gun to my head, name them. No clue. Like, <laughs> I think that the, it, it kind of just goes to show you that just like the, the new songs they added in were definitely not on the level of the original songs. Like whatever that song was where the beast was singing when she left. Yeah. Like that was definitely, that was no PR guest. Like, you know, that was, <laughs> it was definitely like a, like I said, like I can't even name you like a single lyric from that or even how it goes. Like I just don't even, um, and I think, you know, a lot of the recent Disney movies have kind of, have kind of shied away from that and and we haven't really gotten that i think frozen was the first one in a long time that felt like one of those old classic disney movies because the songs were instantly memorable yeah except Um, for that ice cutting song when that song started i was like woof we're gonna be in for a bumpy (laughs) ride but luckily i I loved all the other songs but yeah like it's weird how they didn't hire someone like that like the uh the the husband and wife who did the songs in frozen to do the songs here. Like I know Alan Menken did the songs back in the day and he came back and did these, but it's like, I don't know. Something about those new ones were just nowhere near as, as memorable or as good as, um, I'm not saying they were bad. Like I said, in the moment, I'll I'll go as far as to say they were bad. Like he was Alan Menken, some bad decisions. (laughs) I mean, I guess they, yes, they are bad in the sense that, like, they're not memorable. Like, I can't, I can't sing you any tune of it. Um, there was, like, one part of the Beast song, like, the end of the chorus or, like, the refrain or something. There was some part that he sang where I was like, all right, this is almost starting to become a good song. And then, like, it was immediately over. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, spoke too soon. I mean, I guess this is just a case of another case of, like, uh, I mean, this this movie has the same kind of like high energy and over the top style that the great wall did, which is why I did not like Kong skull Island. Like that's just, it didn't have that type of energy to it to me. But I mean, that's just like, I feel like you're in the position with this movie that I was in last week, which was, I sat there wanting to leave um, and then occasionally a few things would, would bring me in, but that was it. Um, yeah, like, I mean, there, 
there really isn't much else to say other than that the CG, which I think, like I said, uh, it's something. But uh, like the Beast CG, I mean, it it just blows my mind because I know you're talking about how you know, you know now like if you know we have the ability to remake movies that didn't have the technology back in the day. I feel like I would agree with that up until like maybe like 2000 like pre-avatar like pre-avatar i would agree with that statement after that i feel like we've gotten like the you know we've gotten so far into this like the photo real cg stuff that that's where i check out because it's like it's so sharp and crisp and it looks like you know we got to see every detail and like while that looks great in a pixar movie or a dreamworks movie like the in a in like a jungle book scenario where it's up against like a real human being it just falls flat you know yeah i mean to me and like that and and, you know to kind of have that like you know like in the set like with Gollum, you know with andy circus doing Gollum back in the lord of the rings like at least he had like some shadows and he was he wasn't like clearly defined so you he blended in more with the the practical backgrounds and the actors didn't look like they were on a different plane, you know. So, but but also like Andy Serkis is a, is a person who goes out of his way to change his physicality and behave in a way that whatever he's whether he's playing an ape or he's playing you know Gollum, like it, it, it he's he's trying to not be human anymore, and I feel like. I don't. I don't even. Was Dan Stevens actually standing there in these scenes, or is it just completely CG? I know he did mocap for like the face and stuff like that, but I feel like mm. whoever's standing in the space that the beast is supposed to occupy is just standing there. They're not trying to stand in a way that communicates a beast-like creature walking. So like the animators are just doing stuff with the legs that doesn't seem natural, and then there's just a physical mass standing there, and it's like. It really feels like it, it, it's it feels like an actor on Main Street wearing a beast costume that then has CG augments to it. Like it, it's not good. I mean, yeah, I don't know for sure if he was actually there on set like every day in a in a mocap suit or whatever, um, or if he just like a, just a big te- uh, tennis ball on the end of a stick, <laughs> or if he all was right, like right. a if he was like a if he was like become as smog like he was just he just filmed it all like in one yeah, day yeah. Like, like way all, later all right all right now emma uh here the beast <laughs> is gonna growl at you and say i want you to come down for dinner and yeah. you're gonna say no <laughs> like i mean yeah. i just assumed he was there like i didn't think he was getting like all andy circus into it i mean like the the way that like i have no problem with the, the way that and the physicality of andy circus how he gets all into it i'm just saying the end product when they turn him into an ape or they turn him into, you know, Professor Snoke or whatever the fuck, um, <laughs> Emperor Snoke, whatever his name was. <laughs> um, like, that's when, like, that's when, and then they try and make it like, oh, like, we really want to see the detail and stuff. Like, that's when it becomes, like, my eyes hurt. And in this, it was the same way where it was like they're trying to do, like, a photo real beast. And it's like, don't even, like, don't make me laugh. Like, this is this is already an absurd movie where you have, you know, Ewan McGregor doing his Mexican Lumiere and <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, with all these ridiculous uh, furniture uh, creations. 
and you know that that they're just gonna like try and pass off this beast as as looking real i mean it, it still blows my mind that like i mean it still blows my mind that like they couldn't just do like Dan Stevens and makeup like yeah, yeah yeah like a Tim Curry in Legend or like a no, Ron, I mean, what, Ron what Perlman in Hellboy or Ron like, Perlman the, in Beauty and the Beast the OG t- TV series or whatever no like I what what they should have done is the the guy who trained Andy Seca, Andy Circus to to do the apes um and uh you know you know for for the ape films um and also did the the creatures for Attack the Block. They should have got that guy to train him and have the beast be mostly on all fours um, and then sometimes stand on his hind legs. Like You could have done a really incredible creature work, all practical, and then like Attack the Block, just augment that with CG um, or like mm-hmm. crazy, you know, uh, uh, contrast and stuff like that. Like there is a bunch of rad stuff you can do. Also, like in, in the original, in the original, uh, uh, I almost called it comic. In the, in the original <laughs> animated film, like mm-hmm. when when the beast first appears, he's completely shrouded in darkness, and the whole thing is like Belle is talking with him and doesn't know who he is. And before she agrees to uh, stay in place of her father, she's like, come into the light. And then when she sees him, she's like horrified. And th- there's never a seat. Like you see the beast the whole time, right? Like you see oh, that yeah. he's, a, he's a weird, like he looks like a freaking Lucifer. <laughs> like He's just hanging out there with his goddamn horns. And he's like, oh, uh, uh, you'll stay in your father's place. Um, yeah, they kind of yeah. like the beast was kind of like he wasn't menacing at all. Like he just was kind of like this awkward dude, which I think what's made it funny like whatever dan stevens was doing coupled with the horrendous looking cg like just made it like that's what made it funny to me like he's just like well like i mean it was definitely like we ain't gonna mess around we're gonna show you this shit right away kind of like in kong kind of like in kong where it's like boom here's the monkey like we're not waiting around an hour or whatever um but I mean, even, and I meant to bring this up in Kong, too, because I always I always seem to forget, but it's, like, the best example of of mocap is our, our favorite, Neil Blomkamp. Like, if they did, like, a Chappie or a District 9, um, you know, what he did in those movies looks way better than... Yeah. I still can't believe that, that, that he did it for that money, and it looks that good. Like... The yeah, fact I mean, that it, it would have been movie, real great if the if the beast just made uh, Gaston go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, this movie has uh, like triple the budget of of you know, I mean, maybe quadruple the budget even of of those movies, and it's just like it's so weird how it's like. I mean, I guess when you're getting into that big of money, it's like like I said, the possibilities are endless, and I feel like that kind of stunts the the creativity because it's like, well. It's almost like a, it's almost like a, you know, a fix it and post thing. What I mean, it literally is, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a, it's almost like, oh, well, whatever, we can just do it later instead of like being like, no, like, let's do it now. Cause I feel like, you know, when I'm always saying like, oh yeah, like look better back then because it's like, yeah, cause they had to do it back then. Like they didn't have the option of being like, well, we'll let the animators deal with it. Like. They yeah. literally had to come up with it on the spot. So like, and I feel like, you know, that like really kind of like tactile feel like people are putting like real like effort into it. Like not saying that the animators aren't putting effort into like the CG stuff, but like, man, people are like, they're like really 
like it feels more authentic. Like people were, you know, like I heard today someone crapping on like the the old old school Power Rangers and how like you know no one now, even the people who grow up, grew up with it, could be like, yeah, that's good. It's like fuck, I still think it's good. Like I'll take that any day <laughs> Car- over Carson. the new shit. Carson, back then it was still perceptible to me that the explosion would go off. <laughs> and because they were filming it in slow motion, the characters would respond to the explosion like four seconds after <laughs> the explosion happened. It'd be like, boom, and they'd be like, go, and then I fall mean, over. don't get me wrong, it's campy as fuck. Like, I, I agree. But there's something like, there's something nice about that. Like, I mean, come on, the OG Power Rangers movie, that looks way better than this new shit. Like... That, that, like, I remember seeing that in theaters and going like, oh, because, I mean, you know, the the show was just, like, so low budget and they just added, <laughs> they just added in the scenes into the, the Japanese show. But then when they actually gave them money for the movie, it was like, oh, my God, like, this is, even as a kid, I was like, it's so different. Um, I, I, I think I must have started up before the movie came out because I remember watching the show, but like I don't remember a movie. I don't remember a movie in theaters either. Oh, you don't remember the the '95 movie? That was the that was the big one. Uh uh-uh. uh It had the OG cast, the Mighty Morphin cast with it. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um. Anyway, though, I, I yeah, I just it still blows my mind that they they couldn't do something something different with the beast to to really. I mean, I'm of the I'm of the sense of like even for the the furniture items, like to me it would have looked better if they just had like Ian McKellen dressed in a clock costume. <laughs> like again, like that he's wearing like the equivalent to a tuxedo T-shirt. It's just <laughs> yeah. a T-shirt with the time written on it. Yeah. But like, do you, I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever were forced to watch in school or saw the, the like eighties, uh, like mini series version of Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, but, um, I did not, but they, I remember in elementary school, we read the book and then we watched that mini series and it's like, I mean, it's like super low budge. And like the like Mr. and Mrs. Beaver are literally like a man and a woman in a beaver costume. And then like their noses are literally just like plastic noses and you can see the string like around their face. Is the man Mel Gibson? <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like super like like I said, now everyone be like, this is super lame. But like I would to me that would have been acceptable in this movie. I would have accepted that more than, you know, the the CG craziness of this. What what if Michael Bay did it and they were literally transforming from, <laughs> from a clock to a to a robotic to person? humans? <laughs> that would Are probably you look, that would probably look better. Dude, the 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 BR guest in this in this version, oh man, my eyes were I didn't know I didn't know whether to to be disgusted at like how just like ridiculous that CG looked or like it was it was like equal it was simultaneously horrifying and great. Like it was just like it became so 
it was just like so much that it became like it, it became great again. Like it was just I was like my eyes are just like there's so much going on. Like and I feel like that was like this whole movie. Like there's just there's so much to look at. There's there's so much going on. There's people, you know, if they're not singing, they're about to sing. And like it's just go, 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 go. And I think that that like that really, like I said, that really like madcap tone energy, like that kept it going. Like that kept it from being just like so stagnant and like, oh, like I don't want to be here. Um, <laughs> it, it kept it from being for you exactly how I felt. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like I just, I mean, come on. If you're, if you're, I, the, if you're, if you're a, a, like a teenage girl, like this is the best movie ever. I'm sure like this is, I, I, I don't know if you knew this Carson, but I am not a teenage girl. Well, I mean like the teenage girl in me, you know, the 13 year old was really digging it. Um, and yeah, so, and I guess a lot of, a lot of other people did too. It made a, made a shit ton of money. No, yeah, I, I, I it felt like people in my audience were enjoying it. Um, it just didn't didn't work for me. Yeah, um, I mean, I can see that, but I also just think it's just it's so silly, like it's just so absurd and over the top. And dude, that I mean, come on, you didn't laugh at the end when Ian McKellen was like, "Turn me back into a clock." No, yeah, I, I did <laughs> laugh at that, but that like sh- that, that shit was, was funny, funny, dude. I wish the rest of the movie had that type of humor, right? Dude, the whole movie had that. It, the whole movie was like that. It was like Did just it, like, ridiculous. Every, every, every time, like the Beast would do something and then leave, and then Ian McKellen would pop out and be like, "Don't you talk to me like that again?" Oh, is he gone? <laughs> I, I was re- gonna be tough, but I'm not. I like, really liked. Uh, I really liked at the end when they were when when he's back as the prince and she's all Emma Watson's all like. How about growing a beard? And Dan Stevens, he doesn't reply. He literally just roars. He growls <laughs> like that. Yeah, was, that was that. Like, was that. <laughs> I did laugh at that, but because it was so awkward, it was like, was he trying to be sexy? I know. <laughs> like, was, that's why. That's why it was so funny. He it's just like, turned into like uh, <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey for a second. He like. <laughs> I mean, it's already weird. Beauty and the Beast is already weird enough that she's falling in love with a beast. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> and well, then, well, I mean, I mean, Carson. Obviously, there was something there that wasn't there before. That's true. Yes. It's not like she was interested in the Beast beforehand. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, how? Like, I feel like in the in a real world scenario, the sequel to this movie is literally Gaston committing suicide because. He literally had no game. He lost to a beast. I'm I'm pretty (laughs) sure, spoilers, Gaston dies. (laughs) I don't think he survived that fall. If he theoretically, hypothetically, didn't die. Okay, I I, want to say one (laughs) last thing about this film. We spend all this money with fucking CG on the beast and all these little creatures. Why was the mirror... The shittiest effect, and why was the mirror not glowing? I distinctly <clears throat> remember as a child, like when when Gaston is like, he's talking about a beast, and she's like, the beast is real. Show me the beast, and she holds like, it's a green glowing mirror that like casts like power, like almost like ectoplasm dripping off of it, 
and like you can clearly see what's inside of it. And then this, like you, ha- like if you were watching this on an iPhone, you wouldn't even be able to see anything in the mirror, right? Like, which a, why would you watch this on an iPhone? But no, no I, I, I just mean that, like, I was struggling to get, a, like, if I, like, put it this way, if I was one of those villagers, and like the crazy old man, which by the way was not pulling off the crazy. He just seemed like a nice old man, right? Like he wasn't like, he was more like a weird old man as opposed to like kind of crazy and aloof. Like, like the, in the original, he was more like a, uh, Flubber. Who's this, the Robin Williams character in Flubber? Like what, what was, Oh yeah. I don't remember. uh, I don't remember his character name, but yes. Anyways, but like, he's more like, more like that. Right. In the original, he was like a very goofy, silly, crazy person who was already crazy. This was just like a, uh, she's captured by a beast and people are like, old man, you are crazy. Um, But I feel like when she said... Wait, you're talking about her dad? Yeah, her dad. Okay. He was not crazy enough. And like the (laughs) fact that like they don't believe him and they want to throw him in the loony bin, which is fine because that's how the story is supposed to go. But like when she's like, show me the beast to the mirror and she just holds it up like... I don't like. I imagine people going like, "What? I can't see." Hold, let, let me see that. Uh, <laughs> looks like a guy. Like you can't see anything in it, and like it's supposed to be this really impressive moment where like he's crying out because she's gone, and he knows that like he's completely screwed, but also that he did in fact had fallen for her, and he's sad both that he's going to be stuck a beast forever, and also that he lost her, and he's like crying out, and that's supposed to look really ferocious to everybody, but in this, it's like. Oh, yeah, Dan Stevens as a CG beast. He's in this little mirror if you squint and kind of hold it sideways. Like, I, I don't know. There's something about, like, how unimpressive that mirror was when it's supposed to be this <laughs> magical enchanted item that, like, allows you to see anything you want. I hope that's the opening of this episode, that the unimpressive <laughs> mirror. Um <laughs> The I thought the I mean I don't even know I'll, I'll not, agree not since Mirror Mirror have I been so unimpressed <laughs> by a mirror. I will agree that the mirror looked a little dirty okay um, I don't remember the magical ectoplasm mirror in the original um, uh, although I vaguely do I vaguely remember it having a little more magical powers um, but I thought the I thought it looked cool it had like a very like like I said everything had that ornate like over the top style uh it was supposed to be a gritty mirror brah it was real <laughs> it was dirty <laughs> you couldn't see old man villager in the back he couldn't see only gaston could all right i am sending you <laughs> right now oh did you just find pulled, a picture I of just it pull down from the internet um it is coming to you right now you should have it in good old Oh, I message. see it. Yes, this is, I do. Yeah, this is what I was thinking of. The little green, yeah. Yeah. Because when you said it, I vaguely remember, like, yeah. But, uh, I don't know, man. They, they spent too much money on the beast to have some green, uh, <laughs> green lightning coming out of it. I don't know. Apparently. I don't know. Um... Uh, but yeah, like I mean, come on, it's just a, it's a mirror, like whatever. It's not, you know, I don't know. It's a mirror, guys. <laughs> also, the the beast doesn't flub the line. You wanna wanna stay in the castle. What line was that? <laughs> in in my VHS tape of this film when I was a child. I don't know if it was my tape was damaged or if it was actually because you know sometimes there's like 
sort of audio mistakes in um, in different yeah. things in old Disney films, and then like when they re-release it or bring it out of Disney Vault, they fix it. I distinctly remember the Beast saying "wanna" twice. Like the audio, like it was almost like they like overdubbed that line and then fucked it up. So in, the Beast line is. Uh, like she's like saying something about not is in the scene where she doesn't want to come down for dinner and he mm. says you want to stay in the castle um, or you want to stay in the tower or something like that and in my VHS copy he said you want to want to stay in the tower I definitely don't remember that um, I might have to pull out my VHS copy and see <laughs> if it was not a thing right, right next to your VHS copy of Little Mermaid with the priest's boner yeah. <laughs> See, I feel like that that's another thing that I said after this movie was that like this is like this is like all those like little naughty uh inside jokes in like the old Disney movies like like fuck or sex or whatever in Lion King and the the penises and Little Mermaid. This is like that kind of uh of like a not naughtiness but just like that kind of like uh, that kind of just like that carefree energy and humor that I feel like is in this movie. I don't know. That's just like I I kind of jokingly referred to that after it was over. But uh, it's funny that you brought those up. Um, yeah. So so on IMDb under alternate versions, there's a series of different things that it says. And one of the things that one of the bullet points is the beast stutter. You want to want to stay in the tower. A sound editing mistake was corrected. You want to stay in the tower. Oh dang! So they went. They went back, and George Lucas did and yeah. fixed it. Yeah. They replaced all the uh, all the pitchforks with walkie talkies <laughs> <laughs> when the villagers are coming to kill the beast. <coughs> they added in, you know, j- CG Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I I don't know. Oh, I did like how in this one, the when he throws a snowball at her, it's like the <laughs> biggest snowball. Like she gets knocked the fuck out. <laughs> like she throws a little regular snowball, and he literally gets like the biggest snowball, and it just hits her right in the face, and she just. Boom, like falls straight down, like not even. I was like, man, b- bitch got knocked the fuck out. Like that's <laughs> yeah. how funny it was. And I kept I, I kept expecting her nose to start gushing, bleeding. I, I, I did. I did genuinely laugh at that. I will say that. <laughs> Again, it was almost like, yeah, this is what it's like when a beast throws a snowball. <laughs> you see, that kind of silliness is what really made this movie entertaining, I think. Yeah. No, that's that's good. But well, do, do you have any last comments about the film? I I do not. I think I've, I think we've covered literally everything. Uh, also, uh, yeah, like, uh, and I don't I don't think the uh, I didn't think the whole Josh Gad thing was a big deal either. It was just like. I don't think anyone would have noticed or cared if no, he is no one imperce- had said anything. He's imperceptibly gay. Like yeah. it's just because the filmmaker said, "Oh, by the way, he's gay," that it became a controversy. Like yeah. watching the film, I was like, "Wait, wait, what? Where's the controversy? I'm super confused right now." Well, I mean, <laughs> like, I, I feel like I feel like that was just like kind of like even before they, you know, he said 
uh, Bill Condon had this quote, like, I mean, wasn't that just like assumed like in the in the cartoon that he was gay? Like he was gay. No, for I just thought he was I just thought he was super dumb. Like, <laughs> like he just seemed like a simple person. Like he was he was the small version of uh, the dude from Of Mice and Men. Right? <laughs> like He was just like a like, I don't know, like I, I put it this way. This is how imperceptible it is to me. I knew this controversy was there going in and I was pretty sure it was Josh Gad's character before I saw the film and watching the film in the scene where the wardrobe like dresses up those three guys and two of them scream and then one of them like does a curtsy and is excited to be in women's clothes. I was like, oh, is this the gay character question mark? (laughs) Like that's how imperceptible it was to me. Like it's it's just ridiculous. Like. I, I don't understand what the controversy is. I don't understand why the filmmakers had to say we're not removing the character from the film because I <laughs> I don't get it. Well, the the con the the you know controversy the condenversy yeah the well, more like controversy because really it was no big deal. But like uh, I, the, the allegedly the scene in question was when he's dancing with that dude at the end with the dude who gets uh dressed in women's clothing and doesn't run away. He was down for it. But I feel like in the original, I remember a scene of him getting excited that people were dancing and dancing. But like in my head, what I remember as a child and watching it is he was so happy to be participating in a silly dance thing that he joins in, right? Like, I don't yeah. know. I could be but crazy. It, I mean, but that that's what they, they pointed that very fleeting moment out at the end where he's dancing with that guy from before. Yeah. As the moment of uh, of, you know, that the people were talking about. Um, but there, there, there's but, even the joke where Luke Evans says, how has a girl not snatched you up yet? And he's like, I'm told I'm clingy. And like the yeah. joke is that he's clingy. Like, I don't, I Dude, don't know. I feel like I, there was a lot of like sexual innuendo in like the songs and stuff that they were singing. Yeah, um, but that's because all the women wanted to fuck Gaston. Yeah, but I mean, you could like apply it to to LeFou Le wanting to also get on with Gaston maybe I mean who wouldn't but it's funny that um it's I mean it's the same thing like when they when they they came out like a two weeks beforehand and were like oh guess what guys like Sulu's gay it's like but we like who cares like like why did they even need to go like to bring it up like it's almost like everyone knows Starfleet is don't ask don't tell (laughs) (laughs) but I mean and it's so funny how like it, it literally the same thing just happened today where they revealed that the Yellow Ranger in this new Power Rangers opening this weekend is a lesbian. Like they changed her her orientation in this new movie. And it's like and, and really it only feels like they were like, look, Beauty and the Beast was not deterred at all by this, you know, quote unquote controversy like. Let's we got to reveal this like it almost just felt like a last ditch attempt to get people excited for this in some weird way. Yeah. Um, but in in reality, it's like. Why ain't just like just don't even draw attention to it. Like, who cares? Like, that's just if, if that's how it is and that's how it is. Like, it's just funny how like that the Beauty and the Beast thing really blew up and it was like not even a thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but for sure. Um, well, it's getting late, so what do you say we uh, get into our verdicts? Alrighty, 
All right, Carson Patrick, if you were going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Um, you know what? I would say that it's a must-see. Like, you should just go see this. Don't be left out of the party. Like I said, <laughs> it's a big party movie. Like, you're, you're going to have a great time unless, you know, you're Mr. Curmudgeon, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh... uh well, uh, call me Mr. Curmudgeon. <laughs> In my mind, I think that Carson Patrick is playing the role of Bell's father. He is a crazy, wacko kook, and uh, you can't trust anything he says. Uh, I am going to give this a uh, must avoid. I mean, technically, oh, uh, technically, it's a pass with a caveat, but like the caveat itself is that like there's literally no reason to see this film. Um, so it's like I almost feel like. If it's it's so passable that like if you didn't see it you're not missing out so I'm just elevating it in the negative sense to give it a must avoid. I think that I think that it's elevated in the sense that you know they, we don't get a lot of these movies with this amount of energy and style and also I think that the last couple of movies that Bill Condon made were I thought were really boring so it was nice to see him kind of go back into that that mold again um and i don't know like it, i guess if you are like a really like staunch defender like you really grew up with beauty and the beast the og one i it might be different for you but i don't know like i, I think that this has something to offer for everyone yeah i will also say slash confess that i did just watch hamilton this week so I Whoa. may, I may, may have been influenced by a legitimately good and high uh, action and incredibly well choreographed uh, stage musical. So, well, if Lin Manuel Miranda had written these songs, they would probably be pretty fire. The new ones. Oh yeah, it would be fire as hell. Well, he's doing the songs for the Little Mermaid um, live action one. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, is it going to be like upper bodies, normal, and then CG tails? I probably, yeah. But wait, so did you watch Hamilton on like a bootleg or something? Like, No, it, it's playing here in San Francisco. Oh, okay. I didn't when, know it was already like in other cities now. Yes. I I feel like it just started uh, last week or something, but um, I don't oh, know the full details. But, uh, but yeah, so... <laughs> Go see Hamilton. <laughs> uh, good times. But uh, but yeah, I think that is going to do it for this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Carson, people want to have a fun party with you. <laughs> Where can they do that? Find me partying with uh, with this movie, man. Like it's like it's 1999, and Y2K is coming. I don't know. Uh, yes. Well, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Beauty and the Beast, the tale that is old as time. Um, so hopefully you are enjoying that little ditty playing in the background right now. Um, Carson Patrick, thank you for joining me. 
You're welcome. I think the one thing we did agree on, though, we're we're stoked about Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. Uh, yes. I didn't know it was a thing, but I am stoked about it now. I'm ready for that one. Yep. I am oh. definitely going to seek the out the diamond and the rhyming in the rough. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thank you guys all for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Give a pot up and be proud, cause her head's up on some clout. Don't deny she's a funny girl that bow. Bonjour, good day, how is your family? Bonjour, good day, how is your wife? I need six eggs, that's too expensive. There must be more than